All right, yeah, that should do it. <laughs> Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. The, oh, I should have thought of one of these before I said it. Isn't it cool that I just run into it like that? The only, the only podcast that flies this fucking blind. <laughs> My name is uh, Toby DeBola, and this week is part two of our coverage of the movie called Underworld from 2003. Yeah, that's right, I remember uh, joining me, of course, as last week, is producer Kyle. I am here once again, ladies and gentlemen, as always. Do you remember where we were up to in our previous episode? Yes. I do. Because we stopped at the wonderful part when, where Celine... When, when everyone sort of splits up at the... Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's been bit and she's been hit. She was already bit. <laughs> So yeah, um, we're coming in when, um, like at this point, Craven's sort of busted as a scumbag, and everyone's sort of attacking everyone. And in the chaos and confusion, Celine and Michael have broken parts, which splits my notes, um, right down the middle into two separate arcs. So, um, where would you where would you like to go from this moment? Where would you like to pick things up? Um, let us follow the path that you have written down. No, that's okay. There's one single like line that tangents good, but I can I can put that either. Which one do you like? Do you, do you care about the the lichen stuff or the the vampire? I'm stuff? a vampire girl. Team Edward. I'm like this is a damp movie. We we said it a lot last week. It's very stylized and well done. But yeah, everything looks a little soggy and a little little grim. They're dogs in the wet that live in the subways. That is not. It's gonna smell bad. That is not. That is not a society that had pop punk or scar. Like it's it's all new metal all the time. (laughs) Nothing but sadness. All right, so we're going with um, the uh, the vampire section of the of the movie at this point. Yes, please. All right, Celine, who we met last week, is the main one. She's the one with the black bob and the tight leather that doesn't show anything. That's right. Um, yes, yeah, Celine is still in the interrogation room, uh, dropping fuckers left and right with her spray and pray style. She is a bad shot. I don't know if we mentioned that last week, but um, she fires a lot of bullets that don't seem to go anywhere. I understand, like, they have very big clips, but dang. Yeah, I a, mean, she reloads for every a target she times, hits, there's dang. like a half dozen misses. Yeah. That's right. It's like the exact opposite of our Robocop episode that didn't work. But that said, mm. it's understandable because it doesn't matter where she shoots, it just matters how much silver she puts in. So you're not, like, if you're aiming for quantity, not quality. I can see why you'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to shoot. Like, we have unlimited supply of this. It doesn't matter where I shoot, just how often I shoot. The The filmmakers behind Robocop of 1987 mm-hmm. um, went out of there, because if you recall from a completely unrecorded episode. Um, that that was my fault. Yeah, they were very deliberate about how gun violence actually affects the world. So every bullet was a very deliberate shot. You would you would show it. Would, it had to show it fire, and it had to show it hit and hurt someone. To it had to 
Whereas Underworld is on the exact other end of the spectrum, where it just looks cool to fire a gun, so it's all good. But baby. like I said, it's it's a different quality. Yeah. In Robocop, it's men shooting men. In this, it's, it's a vampire trying to get as much silver into a lichen as they can. So you think the constant missing is just putting, like, silver dust in the air? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more, like, hits you get on a person, if it rebounds and things like that, it's going to take them a while to find it to dig it out. You might get some silver poison in there. Yeah. So, yeah, she's not a great shot, but the lichen's are sort of bottlenecked in the doorway. She's so, going to hit something anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, she kills all of them except for one. It might make her feel less guilty as a killer as well. If <laughs> she's... Because, like, you don't see the killing shot. You just know that they isn't, got in the front of your bullet. Isn't that the rule in, like, the old firing ranges is that everyone is told that their bullets are, are blanks so they don't feel bad? Except one of them isn't. I'm, I'm more thinking um, the Lisa and Bart Simpson... I know it is a meme, but I'm sure it's from the show where they're like, I'm swinging my arms, and if you get in my way and you get punched, it's on you. Hmm. I'm going to kick my leg, and if you get in my way, that's on you. Hmm. That's what the boy says in, in American Pie. He says, I'm going to start humping at you, and if you get fucked, it's your own fault. It's just the pie. He doesn't really She's like, like, I'm going to fire my bullets wildly through this doorway. If you get hit, that's on you. Yeah. I didn't aim for you. You aimed for my bullet. Yeah. So the one that's left breathing is the Nazi scientist guy um, who came looking to aid Michael if needed, um, given it's almost full moon and such. Um, and we will, you know, come back to that when we feel like it. Yeah. Right, adding to the list of K's in the vampire clan is, a, is the dude from the armory we mentioned. Mm. Um, his name is Khan. She, Khan. At this point, I'm getting suspicious. Oh, he's getting suspicious of things, sorry. Um his buddy, Celine, has been going wild, telling people lichens are bad and Craven sucks butts and what have you. But now that Amelia chick hasn't made it to the manor yet, if you remember her she's from last week. Late. She is the queen of the other coffin. Yeah, she's one of the um, fancy elders. She's got to wake up the dude, but the wrong dude's awake. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets a little team to quietly go to that big goth train that she had and um, check on it. Yeah. Okay. And we skip ahead to Victor expecting Celine in his little, um, it's not a throne room, but he treats it as such, does he not? Principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, we, he's there, he's expecting to see Celine, but he gets Craven instead. Obviously, he's upset, because it's Craven and not Celine. Um, he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, well, she escaped the confines of her own bedroom, and she's gone so rogue, she thinks, she thinks that I'm a key to... Um, some crazy unraveling conspiracy. Um, yeah, seeing a good opportunity for an entrance, she steps in and says, yeah, here's my proof, dickheads, and she tosses Nazi scientists in front of them. I do. Hmm. Yep, so they bind him down and she puts... She, she fingers his bullet hole until he explains the origins of the factions and their intentions. So pull up a seat for this exposition dump. Okay, can I get to this before you get to that? Mm-hmm. I like the fact that she's clearly questioned him before. Because she's... Sorry. How dare I had a stiff you. neck. Feel free to edit it in or whatever. Bleep it out. I don't know. Move on. Um, she questions him before she takes him Yeah, because she knew that he knew all this stuff. Exactly. Mm. She still questioned him before, though. They rehearsed this totally. Oh, yeah. But, like, not as actors, as, like, characters in the movie. Because she knew to bring him there and 
But that's the thing. She, she clearly had to be like, how much do you actually know? Like, are you a good... Are you an asset at all? Are you a good thing to keep alive or a bad thing to keep alive? Well, she was... He spills his gun. You look up. Perfect. I win. Oh, yes. <laughs> Come with me. Yep. See, what he says is, is that the lichens are trying to combine the bloodlines of both groups for reasons revealed in the lichen portion of my notes. Um, unfortunately, it's impossible at a basic level. Uh, the very DNA of both groups attack each other. Um, it's very yeah. organ transplanty. Yeah. The key is an even playing field, so to speak. Um, it all starts in the 5th century. Um, with a Hungarian warlord named Alexander Corvinus. So he was kicking back doing whatever it was noblemen did in the 5th century, probably throwing horseshoes or playing backgammon or something. Stumping um, around. Yep. When a plague rolls through the town, every, yep. everyone is dead. Alexander, though, he had a genetic mutation, and his immune system adapted to the threat by saying, fuck it, immortality. Yeah. Which, which is a wild response. If you can't kill it, join it. Yes. To avoid the um the current pandemics we're dealing with as a society, I've chosen to live forever. <laughs> it's what his DNA said. Amazing. This COVID thing sucks. I've decided to ignore old. everything else. I've decided to not age. And he alright, so so that's his setup, as basic as it is. And he has three sons as time goes on. He has Marcus, William, and a third one. Kaya, would you like to name him? He doesn't get one in the episode, so Alright, so while Mark and Willie are immortal like their pops, Pierre was not. However, he carried the gene-free mortality along his bloodline. He's like a carrier of it. One day, William is out and about when he gets attacked and bitten by a rabid wolf. Um, this made his weird adapting genes go, you want to see a wolf? I'll fucking show you a wolf. And now he's a lichen. Sure. He's, do you remember in 89's The Batman? When, when Michael Keaton goes, you want to get nuts? Fine, let's get nuts. That's what his entire DNA said to a dog. <laughs> Do you want to see dog? I'll show you dog. So lichen- lycanthropy in this universe has passed through a bite from this point onwards. Same as vampirism or zombification or a hickey. What, what did you call? Lycanthropy. Okay. A couple of years later, Marcus Dunn got bit by a rabid bat. <laughs> Dumbasses. This made him dress like a 5th century Hot Topic and not eat garlic bread no more. Because now he's a vampire. And got rabies. Isn't it lucky that they both got bitten by cool animals? <laughs> got bitten by a gecko. Now his tail falls off. Alright, bonus homework question. <laughs> what is What alternative <laughs> yeah. universes could there have been? Well, depends on every species. Does he get, like, one of them gets, like, swooped by a magpie and now he's like, a, a mothman, but for birds. No, I mean, I say that you have to be bitten by it. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. So, a, King Shark ant. is explained. Oh, is he, he, is he a relative? He got bit by a shark. He's a cousin of the Corvinus. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got that, you know, has been half-animaled? Oh, Morbius. Oh, yeah. But he's vampire. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'm wasting your time. That's bad. I would like to have seen one of them stub their toe. And he would become one of the thumb thumbs, but made out of toes from Spy Kids. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, it's just, back to the episode. Look, if their bodies can adapt to literally any injury to this extremity, literally anything's on the table. Bit by mummy. One of them gets bit by a mummy now. Yeah. Are we making a Mrs. Doubtfire, or are we making the mummy? One, one gets he goes, ow, I got bitten. And he's like, you're just trying to, who, who's the one that didn't get bitten? You Marcus called him Pierre. Pierre. No, 
Oh, I thought Pierre got bit by the wolf. No, no, that's William. Oh, okay. Well, Pierre feeling left out goes, ouch, I've been bitten. And they're like, what bit you? And he's like, the invisible man. And then he leaves. <laughs> he moves out. Well, you'd never know if he moved out because he's invisible. Yeah. Duh. So the lichen virus in William worsens and he can no longer Detroit become human anymore. Um, he roams the countryside attacking people and spreading the virus around. This is when Marcus bites a military genius. In exchange for helping him defeat the lichens, he gets to be, you know, immortal and do cool vampire shit. They can't turn into bats, I don't think, though. I don't remember that in any of the sequels. So they're not technically as powerful as what we do in the Shadows vampires, who can also do hypnosis quite effectively. That! Yeah. As goofy as they are, technically more... impressive. Ferocious is not the word I wanted, but it's the one I gave. Um... So, yeah, so, um, the military dude he bit in exchange for help was a guy named Victor. Oh, my God. The points are all coming together. These are the men on the floor. That's right. Marcus was in the floor, and now Victor is not in the floor. He's, I think he's still hooked up to tubes at this point in the movie. Good boy. Good boy in the tubes. Little hamster will yep. boy. While this battle rages, Alexander does not pick a side. He uses his own wealth and strategies to keep this Twilight hijinks a secret from the mortals, protecting them as much as they can. Nice boy. Just considerate of him, maybe do something about your shitty children, but yeah. <laughs> look, it's easier to, you know, look after a whole universe of people than and shitty two kids. children. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he back- doesn't believe in spanking. Yeah. So we're back to the present of 2003 in a separate timeline to us. Uh, Lycans want to merge the groups, but they can't. Um, but that third descendant, Pierre, um, he has the pure untainted gene in his bloodline. So the Lycans have been searching for this great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkid, um, and that is Michael Corvin. Wouldn't that wipe out the other two? What do you mean? Well, his gene didn't mutate. So... You can't, they couldn't mix, which is weird, and we'll bring that up in flashbacks later. Um, they can't mix their DNA into one big super vampire werewolf because the DNA of one, like, Pac-Man's the other. Yeah. But if they go into a plain untainted one, it's like a conference room and they can sort of talk it out. See, There's no I... home team advantage. Here I'm viewing it more as... Yeah, have Mr. Pac-Man uh-huh. and Mrs. Pac-Man. Right. You can decide which one is a vampire and which Michael one is Michael Colvin's the, the game mat okay. that they play on. But, uh, okay. Picture Michael Colvin mm. as the two cherries. Yes. The Pac-Mans eat either side of the cherry and then they start because their mouth is good. All right. We're back. All right. I'm going to lay it down for you in the best way I can think of Grab explaining that? it. Okay. Chocolate ice cream. Right. Strawberry ice cream. Right. They don't necessarily mix together that well. Yeah. Michael is the vanilla that sits in the middle of the tub. But then it neutralizes both sides because they can't touchy-touchy. That's what I'm saying. You need that third wheel because otherwise they're attacking each other, but if you have, like, a nice vanilla in the middle, everyone's chill. I bring up my argument again. They bite him. Mm. Thus, his lichen throat would be higher than his vampire. But he's a vampire. He don't go bit by that dude. What's the difference? We didn't get bit by a vampire Not yet. It's coming later in the episode. 
Very good. All right, so Victor says um, ill to this proposal of mixing the thing, saying, in, you know, interracial stuff is wrong, and he's starting to hint at just being straight up lichen racist. Um, yeah. Good to know all species on Earth are racist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he also says it's impossible, but the scientist guy says we will see. Uh, so Lucian is Mythbusters in it right now. He doesn't say to that effect. He's, Victor's like, it can't happen. And he's like, we shall see. Uh, Lucian is currently testing it right now. And um, and Victor interrupts him saying, no, Lucian is dead. And in a great moment for Dr. Science, or whatever his fucking name was. Continue. He retorts with, according to whom? Good, like, it's a cool move for him, do you think? Because they all turn around and Craven already ran. <laughs> He skedaddled like a fucking Scooby-Doo character. I wonder at what part he left. I don't know. Like During the flashback when no one can see him because they're all living in the flashbacks. It, it changes a lot of the conversation as to... You can. I just wondered what you were doing. I'm going to close that door because of the bird. I don't have that. That's the wrong doctor. That's Dr. Prison Break. Singe? Singe? Sure, I'll take it. It don't matter. Um, because he's, you know, because spoilers, he's, he's not making it much further into my notes. So... Yeah, it's, it's it has to be him. Singe? So uh, Singe tells those remaining in the scene that if Lucian could inject himself with Michael's blood and an elder vampire, like, say, Amelia, he would be half like and half vampire and stronger than both. Mm. Uh, perfect timing, because Khan's group found Amelia dead and completely drained of blood. Um, so Victor punches the scientist's face pretty much off for laughing about that. Which is a cool... Do you, how do you feel about that goal? Re-ask your question. When he punches the guy's face kind of off. Oh, that was cool. Mm. I like it is still, like, attached, but, like, probably fucking not good. It is a cool effect, the way he, they did it. He mooshes enough of his facial skin that he dies. Yeah. I mean, you would die of the shock of that alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, so Victor asks Celine to kill Michael and end the third bloodline forever and prevent the possibility of any more PS. Well, he hopes that he's ending it forever. Maybe Michael's been laying some pipes. Most. Um, so that leads us to Michael himself, so we're going to rewind a little bit. Actually, like, rewind what I just said. Take all of my vampire notes, rewind it quickly, and we're going to talk about uh, Michael from the point at the start of the episode. Okay. You don't even pretend to listen to my requests anymore. I want to. I've been told that it's funnier that I don't. Oh, I'm going to bribe some people to have different opinions. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, we're back at the interrogation room. Okay. This portion of the tale splits from... Where the- he falls out the window. That's right. It splits from the other with Michael heading to the lichen hideout with the werecops. Um, we covered that last week, actually, the bit where he falls out. Werecops. Well, there's already been. Wolf cop is already a thing. So <laughs> we have to call them werecops for copyright reasons. Even though we played an entire, like, three notes from Evanescence at the start of the episode. Wait, but, wait until I play that 1G note. Alright, so as they drive along, the moon is seen between the buildings. Uh, the experienced lichens don't require the moon to tell them what to do, as stated in the opening exposition of the movie. But um, Michael is a noob, 
and he's all cramping and screaming whoopsie daisies with those blue contact lenses. The production stuff definitely got on wholesale. They are everywhere in this movie. I'm, I'm assuming that your first, you know, just, just like your first time, your first time is... Uh... Memorable. How do you I... feel about the constant blue contact lenses throughout the movie? I'm fine with it. You get used to it. They got some UV going on. Um, yep. Yeah, and I do credit the movie's um, movie for its practical effects wherever possible, but they, they the contacts do look like cheap cosplay ones. Um, and to block out the screams, the cops start blasting new metal loud enough to just ignore him. I do like that as a tactic. Note, stop it, note that the cassette is hanging out of the car stereo and not actually playing. Yeah. Which implies that it was just set to the radio. We've already established this universe only has new metal. Yeah, and this is my evidence. Imagine just turning on the radio and just POD is blaring out of it. That's crazy. I'm sure it did that in, like, the 2000s. No, it was in sync, I think. At any rate, Michael doesn't make it to the hideout in time, and it shows more of those weird interior shots of his body transforming, which you mentioned. I I don't like. Yeah, um, so they have to tranquilize him. And that's a weird shot of them fighting him in the backseat as the camera zooms out into, like, a smoke cloud. Yeah. Visually, the movie's doing all sorts of things, and I appreciate the... the I don't know what the word is. There's an energy to the filmmaking where it's like, let's try a thing. You know? I mean, I'm glad that they did it more than once, but I don't think they needed to do it at all. I'm not talking about the transformation, like, CGI stuff. I mean that weird shot of it just slowly zooming out away from the car as new metal blares and just, like, weird smoke is coming out of nothing. And they're just kind of, like, trying to hold him down. I mean, that's so that you can't see him transforming. I don't know. It's just a weird... It's just a weird shot. I don't know why... Maybe because it's so symmetrical. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it, there's something about it that makes you go, that's cool. It's so weird to look at. Um... Maybe it was during the reshoots or something. Michael wakes up in the saw basement with uh, Lucian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which I keep saying this, but um, this w- this movie came out before Saw came out, so technically it's just dirty with a green tinge. It's not a saw rip. It's not a saw uh, rip off. Mm. Um, Lucian is pretty chilling here. Like he yells at the lichen for slapping Michael. Um. Kaya, do you think he knows Michael will get his origin story anyway, so he's made some sort of peace with it? Because he's very, like, calm in this scene, and I don't know if it's just because he's trying to domesticate Michael as much as, like, he's about to know a lot of shit about me. There's like, Do you reckon there's, like, a subconscious bond there where he's like, yeah, he's about to read my entire Wikipedia. But I don't... Feel, seen, feel my pain and my sadness, bro. He's that Michael sees things. A little bit. No, because he sees the pendant that he's wearing and goes, oh, here's all of your memories, and he's like, yeah, it's fucked up, huh? Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like there's so like... So does a- that mean that all of the lichens that he bites knows that? I don't know. From what I know of, like... I assumed it went to Michael because he's Michael. I've seen a lot of zombies gain the memories of the person they've eaten, but this is like a backwards scenario with werewolves, so I don't really know the... I don't know what the system is there. See, I always assume that Michael only gets it because it's Michael. Because he has a special little egg? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe you do get the tragic backstory of the way with the bee to form some sort of, like, camaraderie, because he's going to be, like, your assistant for a while. So it's like a siren in a vampire? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going with like a, yeah. Something. Yeah, you have like a weird link between the two of you. Well, it's a wolf pack, you see. We're not yeah. basing this on any evidence. Like, I think he knows that he's going to have flashbacks. Well, if he knows, then it would assume that all of the lichens are with him because they've seen it. Which would make he good might just be being, he might he also might just be being friendly with the guy. I don't know. But that would make for good motivation as to why all of the werewolves support Lucian. Hmm. Yeah, if they've all got his same like prequel thing. Hmm. So, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like he knew, and it would kind of make sense in the. They don't say it. They don't explain it. It's one of the few things they don't because a lot of the times the way this movie is paced, you're like, I wonder about this thing, and it'll immediately cut to explaining that thing. It actually times it very well. But maybe it's left out. Maybe it's safe. So that you maybe have it's in one of the own. other ones as well. But no. maybe it's left out so that you have your own like interpretation. Yeah. Who's not like. I, if you see it as Michael's special, or it also you might see be it now as all he's, of them get it. It might be as simple as he's also a lichen now. Because mm. when they first meet at the elevator, he's kind of like ominous, and that's just because he's a dude. Mm. But now they might be like brothers, so to speak. I don't know. I, don't know. I think he's nicer in this in this bit. Yeah. I get, I get used to him. But he's also getting point. what he wants now, so. Yeah. Michael wants to go back, obviously, to like Celine and stuff. But Lucian tells him they'll kill him for just being a lichen. This is when Michael flashes of mem his the flashes of memories he's been having, uh, belonging to the person that bit him are worth mentioning. Um, I think we brought it up a little bit last week, but they've really not been worth talking about yet. It's very out of focus, sepia blur, yeah stuff. But but we actually get something now when he sees the pendant that Lucian wears around his neck. It starts like slotting together. Yeah, so check it out. Before his rise to power. In the big old war, Lucian was basically a slave. He was born in servitude, uh, treated kind of like Yelmo in what we do in the shadows, to bring that up a second time. They're doing another season soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but he wasn't like, you know, they essentially were doing like daytime stuff for vampires, and he didn't hate them for that. He didn't really know any better at the time. He even took a vampire to be his bride, named Sonya. Was, yeah, so Selena side, she doesn't have a K in her name, so she doesn't have a great fate. <laughs> the only other example is Amelia. Um, so, yeah, it's Romeo and Juliet, though, because it was forbidden to mix species like that. Uh, we then have Victor, who finds out about the interracial baby she was carrying. And in his little M- M-A-G-A hat, he's like, ain't no grandson of mine going to be one of those hairy dog people. It's strange that... The lichens are bitten first, but the vampires are the ones that rise to power. They're more Aryan. As I don't they know, they really go out during the night. They're very like prim and proper, whereas the lichens kind of dress like pirates a little bit. <laughs> but that could just be because they were they're wild the and tube. free, and the vampires are sitting around collecting money. Hmm. I suppose there's some. There's some um, no no no. There's some like a uh, metaphorical subtlety in this, given the race of one of the people writing a lot of it. I know. And you can fucking tell. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have Victor. You don't you don't want no, none of that lichen baby in his bloodline. So he chains Lucian down, puts his daughter on to a stake, and lets the morning sun rise upon her. 
And he whips the crap out of Lucian as well. Mm. That's another thing that white people do to bat to um, black people in the olden days, and it shouldn't. Once again, the school forward nerds has to take the absolutely dramatic stance that slavery is bad. It's one of the few stances we take. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um Heath Ledger's joke is overrated. But he's slavery is bad. <laughs> Those are them's the rules. <laughs> but yeah, um Yeah, she dies because she loved Lucy. Um this led to the Lycan Revolution and subsequent war. The irony here being that Victor's little replacement daughter in Selene loves her like now as well. Mm. After this big bite of exposition, Craven shows up and thus it reconnects my story recap thusly. Rest of movie is the next chapter in my, in my notes, so there it is. Lovely. Yeah. Lucian is like, what do you want, man? I've got it all sorted. The Council of Vampires are dead, leaving Craven pretty much at the top. Um, and he will get his little peace treaty with the Lycans, and everyone involved will get some riches and spoils coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how things are going. A, Victor is awake and in the way, and B, he knows Craven is a fucking Judas. Mm-hmm. Lucian is going to power up with the hybrid concoction and get his own vengeance on Victor, so it's going to be fine. However, suddenly gunfire is heard. Uh, Selene, Khan, and a big swarm of vampires have rocked up to shut things down. A bunch of lichens go to escape out the back, only to be blown up by a grenade full of silver glitter. Did you like that moment? <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, Craven realizes that he's busted because he's in there. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard to defend that. Um, yeah. So what he does is he double, triple crosses Lucian like a bitch. He shoots him in the back. Yeah, as my notes say, like a real bitch. Isn't that something? So the dude with Amelia's blood makes it back and past the vampire attack to find Lucian pretty fucked, uh, this being Rex. Mm. Um, the guy who helped write the movie. Um, he then goes out and just starts attacking the first vampire he can get to. I mean, it's what you would do. Do you like that moment, though? Again, this from here on out, it's all cool moments and a lot of like sweet choreography, like warfare. Yeah. Between vampires. But him just like walking out as like a trail of vampires, like march past, and he just like tackles whichever one is in front of him at the time. He doesn't really give a fuck. Very little lemmings. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes for a good fight, despite it being uh, Lycan versus Guy with Silver Whips. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a nice ca- Castlevania style. A lot of this movie is just, like, gunplay, but when the, f- like, physical fights happen, they're pretty great, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's around the this... The choreography is pretty good. Yeah. There's a little bit of that old school wire work because this is like a post matrix film and you're gonna then you just have to well, but, it, but it's also, not done as annoyingly as it could have been there's only like two or three moments where i'm like oh yeah obviously but also they're vampires and werewolves like you expect them to have heightened abilities yeah if they if they were doing everything on ground level you'd get pretty bored That's twice you've now made loud noises during my podcast. I'm sick of Merch Bar emailing me every couple of hours about a thing they have, but it's never a thing that my algorithm could possibly give a shit about. I know, but on our last Underworld episode, your fault went off. It <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Fallout Shelter, a game that no one's cared about in three or four years. No. I saw someone on my YouTube post a video only a few days ago. <laughs> Because they've updated the Steam one so that you can, like, make fancy roofs. Maybe getting it on the consoles also is stupid. 
I'm looking forward to that review later for fuck's sake. We suck. Alright. Um, yeah, it's around this time that Raz eats with McGee and uh, Celine ditches her group to go and find Michael and get his ass out of there. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, we And we see that Lucian is still kind of hanging on, like just. Probably because of the blood he got out of Michael earlier, but he definitely isn't going to last. Yeah. He's like not up and walking around or nothing. I wonder if he got more of Michael's blood, if he would be okay. I'm not sure how his thing works. Like, does he just need like a blood transfusion? Or is he happy to die? I'm having flashes to one of the other movies in the franchise where like someone's injured and Celine feeds them her blood. She doesn't have Michael, doesn't she? I think so. So maybe maybe if he shares bites with the with a werewolf, it'll work similarly. I don't know. At any rate, he's bad in bad shape. Yeah, he's got the the silver goo we mentioned all up in his shit. Mm. Um. So, yeah, skimming over what equates to leather guns, big dog monsters doing stuff. Uh, we will pick up with Michael again. Let's do that. Uh, still tied up in a doctor's room when a lichen starts sniffing around, thinking he might be fucked here. He is saved by Celine, um, who's still being a very tough lady. She won't admit to... She's like, I won't admit to liking you. I just want to keep you safe and I'm willing to become a fugitive for the rest of my immortal life for you. You know, she's one of those people. That's Megara from Hercules singing the I Won't Say I'm In Love. Oh, yeah, she definitely had... She was listening to that in the car on the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Lucian uh, sees this and he's got this look on his face. I really like, as an actor, like, I like his it's, expressions. It's, it's like looking through the little hole in the wall. Yeah. And he's you, in the room next door. And you can see, like, on his face, like, the revelation that his feud with Victor does not end with him. Do you think he sees Michael as his unborn child? Well, he's his little protege, even if it's only for 20 minutes. What? And But he's doing what Lucian has spent his life trying to do. And I think... Close Victor's balonies. Yeah. But he sees that that feud definitely doesn't stop when he dies because it's literally cycling around again with these two. Mm. Yeah. Selena's chosen Michael over her family. So, yeah, obviously this doesn't end. Mm. But I, Yeah, the way he expresses it in just a look is really cool. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah. And we have Victor and his little squad showing up now that the initial battles are clearing up. Um, mm-hmm. Craven almost runs into them into this absolute maze of a place, but scurries off in another direction. Raz, who has finished eating Whipperella, um, tries to rush, uh, you know, Victor, and is caught out of the air and just pretty much snapped and ran through with a sword, just to let you know that Victor is still pretty capable for an old man. But that's the thing; it's been a long time since old vampire lord has been around. I don't, I don't think that it's just us. It's I think it's for us the viewer to see that the old dude. Is not oh, just how, an old, incapable dude. But that's the thing, it's how powerful he is, but none of the like. Do they show him do anything badass in Pirates of the Caribbean when he's the squid? Yes. Like what? The weird rule. Does he play piano for reals, or am I just thinking about epic movie? He does play piano. For okay, cool. His little key goes blah, blah, blah. Nice. Yes, do you remember that bit? And then he starts DJing, and he's also Stifler's mum in that movie, I think. No. I am dying right now. My brain is shutting down trying to remember epic movie. Okay. Well, I'm just going to, anytime you mention Davy Jones, going to go blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's a little squiddle. Because I feel like that explains every noise in that movie. And who's the Spanish-looking fellow with the black and white outfit? 
who's after David the, Jones. The black and white. I'm assuming you're talking about Blackbeard. Nah, he doesn't have a beard. The Spanish one. Yeah, isn't he like? Isn't there a bunch of like Blackbeard. oil coming out of his mouth? Okay. It's from one of like the way later parts of the Caribbean. So series. once we finish watching Indiana Jones, we're going to start a Pirates of the Caribbean rewatch. You're welcome to start taking notes and do a podcast about it, unless it's unless it's no. podcast work related. No. Popcorn. I'm not opposed to some popcorn. Ladies and gentlemen, know their weaknesses. So Selena and Michael are quietly trying to hurry on out of there. Um, Craven is quietly trying to hurry on out of there so guess what they bump into each other oh yeah and craven just immediately sinks bullets into michael i mean and craven does the weirdest flip-flop twist move for pussy i've ever witnessed and i wrote that down check it out like he reveals to Celine, who's crying over like her dying love that um that it was victor who killed her family all those years ago not lycus and Craven was kept around to clear up evidence of Victor not sticking to the livestock rule and making it look like Lycans did the crimes. Hmm. So he's literally implicating himself in the genocide of her entire family. Okay? Just, Bear with me. Bear with me. He, he was involved and did nothing to stop it. Okay? Are you, are you following mm-hmm. on that set so well? Um... And, look, when Victor started biting young Celine, she looked too much like his real dead daughter, Sonia, so he hesitated, leaving enough blood in her boy to become a vampire instead of just dying. Okay, you with me so far? That's right, future boys. Craven and Victor killed her family. And then he says, Now come along, Celine. Your place is beside me. Like admitting to mopping up her dead family was going to win her over. What is that logic? Because what else are you going to do? I don't know, but, like... But that, but that's... If a girl was, like... I feel... Completely never giving a hint of consent to anything to do with you, and you're just like, I helped kill your family. Do you want to hold hands now? The likelihood of that charisma check passing is really low. Yeah, but he has all of eternity, and she's the only one that doesn't want him, which is why he wants her. I know, it's a whole hard to get thinking. But like, god damn, that is a... That but is a that is, is a risky play. I'll give this them that. This is why I'm saying that Erica is very conniving mm. because he's clearly like, "What is going to help me in this moment to be on the right side?" So, with no head to the vampires, he switches to um, Lucian. Mm. As soon as Lucian isn't the most powerful player in the game. He double crosses. Double crosses. Yeah. Literally shoots him in the back to flip back to Victor. Yeah, I get that he's always in pussy mode, but like. So, but he can sit there and say, "But Victor, I actually killed him this time." But he knows that having Celine on his side is going to like. Yeah, I get that. It's his way to try and get on her side. That's ridiculous. Oh, he's a it's, complete and utter like. It's the opposite. Asshole. It's the opposite end of the nice guys like. You know, it's the nice guy's, um, like, entitlement. Yeah. It's the framing other groups of people for war crimes entitlement. But it's, like, you shouldn't be so in love with Victor because he fucked up. So who are you going to pick in this situation? Yeah. So like, absolutely you, you, no one surprised she um doesn't take up his offer. Yeah. And he's about to shoot her for that when Lucien calls it, you know, he crawls his way in. 
and slides that big sweet knife he keeps in his sleeve into Craven's leg. Oh, that's epic. Yep. Lucian... Tell- his bone coughs like butter. It it's, a pointy, it's a pointy stick, though. Butter. Hmm. Um, Lucian then tells Celine to bite Michael. Save him. Um, and she does. Craven gets mad about it, and Lucian tells him he may be toast, but his will is done regardless. Good for him. Yeah, he is then shot some more, and Craven runs off some more, and Victor shows up. I wonder if it's the difference that they were organically mixed. What does that mean? Not test tube mixed. We don't know if the test tube was going to work or not anyway. I'm saying, like, Michael's already... He's already got the third... He's already got the Pierre gene, as she called it. Um, he, He's been... The lichen bit's been added in. You know, the vampire bit's been added in. But he's already the third thing, so it just works. Yeah. It works the way it was supposed to, but originally you would take factors of all three and put them somewhere else. Mm. This is me getting way too sciencey. As long as as long as you're one of the things and they add the other two, you're good. You can't just add one at a time. Well, you can add one at a time, but you have to have all of them at some point. Moving on. Yep. All right. So we got Victor, Celine, and Michael in the room now. Lucian is definitely dead now, and Craven is scurrying away as he do. Michael is thrown through a wall, so now it's just Selene and her mean racist vampire dad. Yay! He tells her, sorry, but i got to keep this bloodline pure. Selene and him have a bit of a falling out, as you can imagine, and he goes off to kill Michael and keep things the way they always have been. Um, but where did Michael go? Why, there he is. He's all black and damp and gross looking now. I do like that they were like, they knew they couldn't keep up like a transformed figure for too long. So they were like, we just call face painting. What do you mean? Oh, like he's not like a monster or anything? Yeah. I think it's... They, they had to like work out how to do a vampire and a werewolf in one body cheaply. Well, none of the vampires would be creepy monsters either, so it would be weird if he was, sort of. But that's what I'm saying, like, I feel like they made a good middle ground. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's a weird like look, the, but I can't think of he's how... Got, like, the, He's got it's a bit a, of a muzzle. It's a weird fucking face. It's a weird image. It's like a French bulldog. <laughs> I mean, you're rude, but you're right. But black. Yeah. But not like black face back, like titanium black. Yeah, it's a weird look. And you kept pointing out as his like body paint was coming off in the puddles a little bit. Look, it was fun. I'm, I'm going back to check the... um. The, yeah, he's a little muzzly, you're right. He, he I don't did, even know if it's a muzzle so much as he's, he's wearing like big prosthetic teeth. Part dog feature, part man feature, part I'm both of you feature. I think, like, it's really well done. He's oily. Like, I, the colour of oil. <laughs> I will say that. I don't think other people would have... This brightened up image, he kind of looks like King Shark, honestly. Again, I don't <laughs> think other people would have, like, mixed them that way. Yeah. Which is what I appreciate that they did. Um, alright, so yeah, he's a big monster now. And he's fast. Yeah. Um, and they have a really another well done fight between him and Victor. Um, there's some, like I said, there's some line work in this one, but it holds up way more than any movie that almost 20 years old should. Eventually, the power of Michael wields isn't a match for technique and experience. And then also, three vampires from Victor's group show up and just start firing at him. I mean, barely, that'll slow you down. I mean, they barely hit Michael because everyone's a fucking stormtrooper in this movie. Um, but Celine springs into action and beats the shit out of them as Victor gets Michael into a chokehold. Mm. 
Uh, Selene then grabs that sword that he put into um, Raz earlier. Yep, Raz. Um, and she leaps, and she gets real anime for a minute as the two vampires, um, you know, stare at each They stare at each other down for a beat before the top of Victor's head slides off, like, ear to ear. That's so good. But it's so anime. Isn't it? Like the, like it's very cool, Bill. Someone dashes through with the sword, and there's the pause before they fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, as the... The only thing that's missing is, like, the the blood geyser that usually comes immediately after the It's season. very clean. As the room calms down, Michael and Celine, that are somehow spelled with, like, three hours in that time, they spot all the remaining lichens not attacking but leaving. Yeah. So their vendetta has been paid. Um, and you think Celine and Michael are going to kiss, but she just kind of leaves and he follows along. Again, real pseudo-ray stuff. She is a mean girlfriend. <laughs> As the movie wraps up, we see the dead scientist's body still in that crypt back at Vampire House. His blood slowly flowing into the coffin of Marcus. His eyes open, and the movie cuts. Good setup for a sequel. And there you have it. Um, the beginning of a pretty steady franchise. Five movies so far. Um, and that's pretty impressive. There are rumors of a sixth, but I don't think Kate, Kate Beckinsale is interested if they do another round. Um, and without her, it's not really... I know, but like... During they have she, developed look, a very good universe where they could go on without her, but at the same time, if your lead's not going to be back, I say the stance you're taking, but let me read on. Okay. Right, so she met Len Wiseman during the first movie, mm. and one thing led to another, and now they're divorced. So I can understand how awkward it would be to do another one. Like <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, it would be weird without her. It's like, yeah, they had a divorce, so it's awkward to work together. I'm like, oh, I can't agree with that. Out of all the weird justifications for someone not wanting to do a character anymore, it's usually a pretentious, oh, I'm too good to return to that role. You know, that sort of bullshit. Mm. And you have to pay them way more fucking money. Or they're like, I read the script for Batman Forever and I thought it was a bit shit, so Val Kilmer did it. <laughs> but no, she's like, yeah, it's going to be a very awkward relationship problem if I rock up, so I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah, we, so, we knew they had the chemistry. Yeah. So, um... Do you remember much of the other ones? Like, I remember liking Awakens a lot, and seeing Blood Wars was cool in the theater. I, this one I know, like, I knew more beat for beat as, like, before we started watching it. Yeah. The other ones, I have a bit shuffled. A lot of them blur together for me because I binged them all in, like, a single city. Yeah, so And then Blood Wars came afterwards. What's in what film now i like awakens because it's very simple like she wakes up after being cryogenically frozen like my fallout character and then she's just i think she's just looking for michael but it's mostly just her running around fighting shit mm-hmm. it's so simple and video gamey but i remember being like yeah this is dope this is just, it's just nothing but like cool set pieces and fighting yeah which is where the movie really excels the most i think and after the prequel it explains everything how much more exposition do you really need yeah um yeah, I like the movies because it's that cheesy secret ingredient that sounds cringe every time, but it just works just as often. Mm. And it it's, it was made with love. Passion. Yeah, yeah. Stupid groans and cringe aside, like things made by people who love what they're doing always naturally stand out to us. Like every fucking time. In a relic of the pre-streaming era called a DVD special feature, Kyle, mm. um, the producer, Richard Wright, has the quote, we made a movie that we would go see ourselves. Yeah. Like, they went out of their way to be like, let's make something dope and cool that 
we would enjoy. I feel like a lot of the stuff we gravitate to always have that at the at the, at the, at the gooey center of them. Yeah, like the, the, that that quote makes me think about smiling friends. Honestly, I'm as, so far from underworld as that is. It's like like you know Zach and Michael. They were doing that shit anyway. Yeah, and they've just been given a platform to do it. What's the word? Like on a, on a more open. On a more accessible scale, yeah. I guess. But I feel the same way as I'm going to need your help with this because I can't pronounce this guy's name. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sorry. I tried multiple times. The later Thor movies get so much love because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it now. Don't worry. Um, the guy what? that directs those, he's the same guy that does what um, we're doing the shadows. What we're doing the shadows. He only does projects that he wholeheartedly believes in. And you feel that in Taika Waititi. Thank you. Fucking, I was close, but I was like, I don't want to fuck it up, so I'll sound like a racist. I knew straight away that there was no way I was gonna... He plays Korg. Enough. He's cool. But that's the thing, like, he believes in it so much that not only does he put his name to it, he'll put his voice to it. Fuck that. He's so committed to, like, his cool filmmaking that he was willing to play Hitler. I, Who puts that on their fucking resume? But I also love, like, because the new Thor is coming out in a couple of months. He put um, out a screenplay for an Akira movie. Yeah. Okay, cool. And a Flash Gordon. But again, yeah, okay. he um he did a whole interview where it's just him being like, I didn't think that they would manage to do it in the, the is it Love and Thunder? Mm-hmm. He's like, it turned out way better than I thought it was going to be. He's like patting himself on the back. He's so proud that he did a good film. Yeah. Like, that's what you want with anything you do in life. Mm. If you're not feeling like that, search that feeling somewhere. Yeah, you don't want it to ever be a chore. I'm sure you can tell the episodes of this podcast that were short notice or a chore or a hassle. And then there's, you know, the ones where we definitely like got really, really stupidly committed to it. Like yeah, when we right. ran through like every single song on a guitar hero game. <laughs> yeah. Um did you have any closing thoughts on the on the thing I wish I'd remembered where my homework question was. It's gone. Look, I'm I'm gonna set homework. Do it, because I've had one. I had two. I had one for both parts and Again I forget with the, what I did with I'm it. gonna set homework. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put both my directorial and my voice to this go and watch the underworld series yeah have an adventure watch all of them you have to do it in one big like stupid binge se- se- session i'm gonna say you don't but if you happen to be quarantining at this time i think it made it more possibly. fun yeah. just, just commit a whole night to- <laughs> it it is one like with a series that has five movies to it then you will always get one that people will argue is no good. Mm. Do you remember my argument about Blood Wars coming out at all? Was that it has to be good? Yeah. Because by Fast and Furious rules, you have the original trilogy, and then you have, like, the dip, and then everything, like, they've come so far now that it's crazy. I don't think Underworld, from my memory, follows that. No, no, that's all fine. They're they're all But I'm fine with the original Fast and Furious movies, too. Probably more than the ones that we get now. But that's what I'm saying. Underworld is all good. Yeah. 
There's it, not like it's doing what it wants to do. One film that you're like, eh, if you skipped it, you'd be fine. Hmm. They all add to the story. They all add to the relation and the universe and the in a way that watch all of them. Yeah, they're they're a good time. What do you have to say? Like I said, I just remember being one big like vibe, which is, is sometimes fun. Like the their universe building, and not just like continuity and like not an adventure bro sense, but just the the stylistic choices of it to everything is so dark and blue. It's a it's an aesthetic movie. Oh fuck yeah! Or an aesthetic series, I should say. Like Black Dynamite. Less. I know. But like Much a, less. Well, when you say, like, stylistic film, that's the one that my brain thought of, and I'm like, that's bad to compare those two. But, like, you know, it's committed to its style, which is good. It's good to, you know, stand by your choices there. All right. Well, I'm standing by the choice. It's a dinner film. All right. So do you have a homework question? Yeah, I said it. The, which one Go do I like? Our homework questions, No, I'm setting, I'm setting homework for the listener. Alright, the old DVD menu is very cute and charming and completely dead to the world. Do you have a. Do you, is there one that you really liked, like a stupid DVD menu? I listen to the Tangled music videos a lot. Yeah. And I don't think I will ever forget the Harry Potter car in the forest. I was going to say that one too, because Harry Potter um, and the Chamber of Secrets got it. It's a movie I don't remember. But it was a movie with so many special effects that it took two DVD discs to have. Only one of them had a movie on it. The other one was just random bullshit. Yeah. Bring back the random bullshit. Fuck streaming. I like things. I like random bullshit. Bring back the random bullshit. Yeah. Class. Thank you for listening to The School for Wayward Nerds presents Underworld, the first movie in two parts. Um, I've been your host, Toby. I've been graciously joined by uh, Kyle. Did you just forget my name? No, I was gonna. I, was, I don't know. I was gonna put like a descriptive word, but I didn't have any, so I did it. Wow! Hmm. Not even twelve months married, people. I was gonna I was trying to think of a word that compares you to like lichens for the sake of the episode, but like everything's like hairy. It's probably not. It's not great. So. <laughs> Joined by producer Kaya, who edited this. You've done a bang-up job. I liked when you did the rewinding thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And stay tuned for other episodes that we do. Because apparently we've got a Pirates of the Caribbean one I'm being burdened into. No, that's what we watch together. There's no more married with children here, boys. Until Except that animated one comes out. That, that's gotta be shit, though. And we'll talk it's about it. Cars. I know, but, like, come on. They have to do animated, though, because they're too old now to do a live I'm action. I'm so burning out on shitty animated adaptations. That fucking Night of the Living Dead one really is, like, three frames close. a second. It sucks us. You mean Clerks? The animated series Clerks? Yeah. That was not bad. I know, I but wish imagine my... that style. But married with children. Oh, my gosh. That'd be weird. They better draw Peggy real tall. Look, we're turning into free period here. So let's let's um shake hands with the listener and say class dismissed.